is not Friday the Killing Room. Alright, and I can edit it if there's anything you say that you don't want. <laughs> Hell against incriminating. You. But the louder you can talk, the better it would record, possibly. The louder I, I can't talk very loud. I'm hmm. a soft spoken individual. Oh, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't lie on a church podcast, huh? This recording is now. <laughs> yeah, I am recording it okay. now, but that doesn't mean... This is all good banter. All right, so it's Anna Clayton, Anna Victoria, we've learned today. Yes. And you don't go by Victoria, you go, go by, by Anna. Yeah. Or is it Anna? Anna, with two N's. With two N's. Two How N's. would it sound with one N? Anna. Okay. Yeah. Is that get, for real or you make that No, up? that's real. I get called Anna all the time, and it kind of... It used to bother me a lot, but um, it, it doesn't bother me so much anymore. But I mean, like I think most Spanish, like spellings of Anna is Anna with one N, and so when people call me Anna with one N instead of two Ns, I'm like, not even spelled the same way. But idiots, idiots, <laughs> come on. But I went to high school with a girl. We had an English class, and all four Annas sat right beside each other because it was all alphabetical and all of our last names by first names oh well, and last names okay. all of our last names were very similar like not spelling wise but like you know it was like a b c and right. so we were all right there with each other and she only had one in in her name and everyone called her anna and that's how they pronounced it and that's how she pronounced it but i'm like it's anna we both know it's anna and i'm anna and i got really annoyed about it mm. yeah anna is more highfalutin is that a word the young people use these days? No. <laughs> well, it will go with that. I like it. It's nice. And your father, Rick Clayton. Is it? It's Richard, though, right? Uh, Richard or Rick. Yeah, I feel the middle name in there, Rick. too. So what's your complete name? Richard Eugene Clayton, Jr. Richard Eugene Clayton, Jr. All right, and it's Reverend Rick Clayton. You can call me that. Do you ever name. use that? No, I don't. You're retired. Do you have a title? Did uh, anybody ever call you Pastor Rick? Rick, Pastor. Pastor Rick, Preacher Rick. Yeah. Preacher Rick. Preacher Man. Yeah. Preacher Man. What would you call him? Just Dad. Okay. <laughs> Daddy-o, Papa. All right. And so, the, and this is the question we'll talk about that, that we're going to talk about is, and these are from Bree. She wrote down a bunch of these questions. I've been asking people these questions. Uh, if God is greater than all, then why does the devil overpower him? Why doesn't God just destroy him? All right, so that's a loaded question. So, but you're you're a retired pastor, right? And you were ordained where? I was ordained Southern Baptist. Um, you gotta scoot closer. I keep feeling like I'm gonna have to okay. repeat everything you say. And as a preacher, I would think you'd be much louder and banging the table and stuff. Because you were ordained Southern Baptist, too. Yeah, I was ordained Southern Baptist. Um, but um, at a church in this area. and um, You don't want to say the name of it? Oh, yeah, Highland Baptist Church. <laughs> I, did, I didn't did, that one okay. I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, but I, was, I grew up Southern Baptist. And, um, I went to an independent Baptist Bible college, but... I was ordained Southern Baptist. Traffic noise. Yeah, we're outside on your porch <laughs> from your Airbnb place. And what's the name of that? Because I have thousands of listeners. Thousands of listeners. Uh, uh, we, it is Long Creek Long Inn. Long Creek. 
That's what we call it. That's the official, unofficial name. And um, but if you look on Airbnb, it's uh, the suite at Long Creek. Okay. That's what you, how you look it up. And also follow them on Instagram at the Long Creek Inn. Yes. Ah, for the younger generation. You know, gotta plug the socials. For the service. Okay. That have come through. Um, we've had newlyweds. Um, we've had folks move to this area looking for a home so they'll stay with us for a while and search for houses um, longer term short term rentals so, yeah. it's cool out here man well, thank you um so you retired and you were but when you preached your church you were not southern baptist you no. were just you just kind of were in de- non-denominational right. independent we, we were non-denominational um most of us came out that were part of the church over the years were of a Baptist background. Um, some some were Methodist, and, um, but the the more we weren't established as a Baptist church, and uh, we just decided we wanted to stick to the Scripture, study the Scripture together, and I would preach um, expository sermons and. Not long after we began, we realized, you know, that our doctrine was becoming more reformed, even though we didn't really understand what all that meant at the time. But that was um, 20, almost 23 years ago. And uh, so... You said a lot of that was from your John MacArthur, listening to him a lot, too. Right. And um, studying scripture, of course. Right. Um, well, so <laughs> it, it was the combination. Right. Um, I, when I was at Highland... Uh, I was there, I was ordained, and then I was on staff as a youth pastor and a minister, minister of youth and church education, I think was the official title. And um, But there was a, a dear lady uh, there, who's still a member there, I believe, Tyra Pazer, who um, came to me and, and brought me some John MacArthur cassette tapes, back when cassette tapes were still usable. And um, she said, listen to this. And that's how I got started on John MacArthur. And then she uh, gave me a few books here and there from the Puritans. And I began reading those. And um, uh, so she she was, whether she realizes that or not, was a big influence mm-hmm. on, on me early on. And she would always uh, talk to me about, if you heard John MacArthur's sermon on this or that, or if you read his book on this or that. So, but yeah, I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of John MacArthur sermons, but that, and among other people, but he was a bigger influence, and um, I just, as I began studying, I realized that I sort of reasoned through the passage in my thinking when I was studying, like he was laying things out as he was preaching, and so um, I think that's why I identified with him, Um, but of course he was the church he pastored was, was non-denominational, and um, but he was, you know, the Baptist background too. So. But now you made the complete transition into where all reformed people should end up once they're truly reformed, <laughs> and you're in the Presbyterian church. I'm in the Presbyterian church. So I like to tell my friends who are reformed Baptists, it's like when you finally get it, right. you'll be Presbyterian. <laughs> when you finally get you finally it, yeah, get it. Have, I've said for. For a long, long time, that I was um, 
for all intents and purposes, Presbyterian. I was, I was as much a Presbyterian as I could be without actually being one. Right. My doctrine and... Well, it's that final step of the whole infant baptism thing, right. which is the great evil that right. must not be, yeah. that ordinance which must not be named. Right. But, uh, yeah, and that's another conversation for another time, but that's an interesting, because I grew up Southern Baptist too, and so you go from, you know, you know, you just know you don't baptize babies. Right. Just, that's not right. You know, but you don't know why you don't. Well, no, do no. I mean, yeah, yeah the thing, like, like I said, yes. So, anyway, I have... No Ongoing debates that we all have with our Reformed Baptists brothers and sisters who disagree on that topic, and they, but they believe the Bible. They're going scripturally. We're both arguing from scripture, so right. you know I can understand. It took me a long time to get to what I consider the proper understanding. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so I mean, I try to be gracious yeah. in that sense, and there's other little topics too, such as the eschatological stuff, end times things, and rapture, dispensationalism, and going through some of that now, but that's very much secondary for a lot of people. But what I'm seeing is there's lots of topics that are non-negotiable, that are that are supposed to be negotiable, but they're like um, shibboleths. They're like... Uh, what am I trying to say? It's like there's this, like, I know this is a secondary issue, but if you disagree with me, then that's what separates us. I may even know it's a third-level issue, but since we disagree on it, that's what separates us. And so... Like eschatology is rapture. Yeah, stuff like that. So anyway, um, but that'd be, that'd be interesting to talk about. How do you... Someone who's gone from not agreeing on something like infant baptism to now agreeing with it, the transition is an interesting transition. Yeah. I didn't want to get sidetracked on that because our question is more about why does God not just wipe the devil out all at once? Um, but so anyway, Anna's going to help us with this too. So, um, all right. So, but you're, and so you're, you're home because of the COVID. Uh, well, uh, basically. Kinda. You came home for another reason, but then the COVID hit. COVID you got hit stuck here. I got stuck with the parents. <laughs> How awful the rent, you know, rent-free situation is for me. My goodness, no, it's been a blessing in because disguise, it, but it has set me back. A How long bit. have you been since you graduated college? Uh, let's see, I worked for about a year after. Yeah, right out of here, I worked for about a year after. So it's probably been about mm, two. I guess it was two years in December. Okay. So. And you have a job interview tomorrow. I do have a job interview tomorrow. Um, I would say I should be preparing right now, but I wouldn't know what to prepare for. So mm. I'm just kind of going in blindly and selling myself. Oh. <laughs> Not like in that way. But I'm saying, <laughs> selling my personality. Like, please hire me. Um, I would enjoy this job much more than the job that I am currently <laughs> I like money. You have money. Um, I'd yeah. like to have more money. Please. Benefits sound nice. Yeah. So... But it was interesting you were talking about how you dress. Yes. But then you said. Um, I don't know which mask to wear and if to wear. Well, you wear a mask or not. See, and that's a, I think that's very interesting. That's something. Um, never. They did not cover that in my classes about how to do job interviews. They didn't. Neither did it I. Was, if um, what the question that came up whether wear a mask or not, it would be no. Probably. But that was back then when one did not wear a mask. Yeah. Like a Unless you're going to work at a mask store. Then right. maybe support the product. Like, yeah, I wear right. this all the time. 
Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm still debating on that. I think the decision is I'm going to bring the mask, make it very visible that I have said mask, right. and then maybe bring it up in conversation. Do you feel more comfortable if I wear the mask? Um, hopefully she says not to wear it, because it, it does make me uncomfortable. It makes me feel a little claustrophobic. And I think if I'm also nervous, I think it's just a cocktail for me to pass out. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure to faint in the middle of the floor. Okay. You know. Probably wouldn't go well for me in the job interview, but oh, she might man. feel bad for me. <laughs> so she needs health insurance. Maybe we shouldn't give her the job. <laughs> yeah, depends on what the job is. Right. What is the? Well, we shouldn't say. Yeah, I don't want to jinx uh, too bad. We believe in jinxes. So we're reformed here. Providence <laughs> of so God. Sorry. However, it may not be wise to because this gets out. That's true. You know, they might listen to it. That's true. Think, uh, she's a basket case. No, no. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. Um, all right, so the question is, first part, and we'll let you handle it first, and if you want to. If God is greater than all, oh, would you agree with that? Is God yeah. greater than all? Yeah. However one defines all. You would... I would think so, yeah. Okay. Then, why does the devil overpower him? Which I'm assuming... The reason she's saying that is because the second part of the question is, why doesn't God just destroy him? Um, I wouldn't say that he overpowers him by any means. Um, I think God allows it to happen. He doesn't let the devil overpower him or control him. Or it's not like God isn't knowing that these bad things are going to happen. I think he just allows it to happen. Kind of like... I think you have to think about it in the situation of a parent and a child in a way. You know, oh, they're probably about to go trip and fall, you know, but they won't get hurt too bad. They need to learn their lesson. They need to just let it happen, and they'll be fine. They'll know better next time. And I think he kind of just, like, allows some of it to happen because I think you can't have just all good. Sin has happened in the world. You have to take it all the way back to, like, Adam and Eve. That happened, and now there's sin in the world, and so therefore he has to allow some sin to happen. I don't know if I'm explaining this in any logical way, as Dad would explain it. I don't have the um, sure <laughs> lessons, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say he overpowers them. I think he just allows it, lets him think that he has some power. Okay. And I think sometimes, in worldly terms sometimes if you let someone think they have power and they don't they end up destroying themselves hmm. at the end of all this at the end of the day um i think you know eventually i guess the world will end if you want to put it in that way um but it's going to be by god's decision and by god's time it's not just going to be because the devil exists and that he's doing all this doing. <laughs> so God has a purpose, is what you're saying, in yeah. allowing Satan to continue. Yes. Right. <laughs> that makes much more sense than what I was saying. Well, that's exactly but, what you said. Though. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it I mean, yeah, I mean that's exactly the point I was getting at. And yeah. I think, um, I don't know, I think, two, I don't think you can have good without evil. I don't think you can have evil without good. And I think, you know, I could... I pray this doesn't happen, but, you know, I could go out and think, oh, this is the best day ever, and get my a car accident. 
oh, why does this happen to me? This had to happen today. This sucks. This sucks. This actually has happened to me. I got a brand new car. 2019 right off the lot. So excited. Still had the paper license plate on it. A guy runs into me in a Starbucks parking lot. I was livid. Call my dad crying. So upset. Why does this happen to me? I can't have anything nice. As soon as something good happens, something ten times worse happens. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. There'll be a good reason behind this. The good reason was <laughs> the guy who fixed my car did it cheaper than what he said he was going to do it. One, he washed my car, so that was great. So that was already a bonus. So you get your car washed. My car washed. Fixed and it. And it was worth having a, somebody crash into you. Well, no, it wasn't just that. That was just the, the icing on top of everything. Okay. He fixed it for cheaper than what he quoted it. So I got a little bit of money back from insurance. And it was the exact amount to make my car payment that next okay. month. And I work had been really slow. And I hadn't made a lot of money that month. And so I was going to be really pinched for that car payment. And, um... Because he fixed it cheaper, you know, I ended up having the money to pay for my car that month. And I was like, oh, God, a blessing in disguise. Sucked. But, you know. And there could have been a multitude of other, in a chain of occurrences that could have happened that you'll never know. Yeah, just because I... And who knows, I, yeah. You know. Because the, so all think, things work together for the good of those yeah. who love God. Yeah. All right. And I think, you know, bad things happen, but bad things happen for a reason. Okay. You know, something might happen to someone else and think, oh, man, they just have the worst life. I feel so bad for them. But maybe those experiences that they've had to go through, you mm -hmm. know, has taught them ten times more things than they could ever imagine. And, you know, now that things are going well for them or whatever, um, maybe they'll have kids or maybe they'll run into someone also going through the same issue and they can give them that guidance because those bad things happen to them. And it's hard to, I think, think that way sometimes it's really hard for me a lot of times i'm like oh gosh why did this happen to me like right. this has to keep happening oh and you get real down and you're like all right it sucks there's reason <laughs> i know there's a reason behind it i just gotta get through it i will get through it right and you may never know the reason exactly you, you might know. not know until 20 years later and be like oh, I mean, you might not know until you get to heaven, you know, yeah. and you decide you're going to complain about it with some angel, and he's like, really? You want me to tell you what happened? What would have happened had this not yeah. happened? Yeah. I don't know. I always think there's some jerk angel in heaven that's going to give us a hard time. A big sarcastic, about our complaining. yeah. The sarcastic, yeah. But that'll I be done. So. I don't. <laughs> I just feel like I'd get along with those people very well. <laughs> I just think we'd be buds. <laughs> oh, you made me snort. Um, <laughs> all right, well, you said one thing. Is uh, if there's good, there has to be evil, something like that. For there to be one, there has to be the other. Is that what you said? Yeah, in a way. And I think, again, like back to Adam and Eve, if you know they hadn't eaten the forbidden fruit, I don't think that would be the case. You know, we can have all good, we can all be in this perfect world, but it's not a perfect world. Okay, I got you. And so, like in heaven, there could be all good. All good. Okay. So it is not necessary for one to, one, they're not, they're not necessarily dependent on one another. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 but okay. maybe like here on earth, I think it's, you just can't expect to have a good, perfect life. Something's going to go wrong, whether it's major or minor, You're, there's going to be evil in the world. And I think that's because one, not everyone sees everything the same way not everyone's the same religion some people aren't religious some people are religious and still somehow have no morals and it's like everything yeah it's and just, it's a cursed world it's a cursed world right it's been 
the kingdom coming in is the amazing thing, that there's a reversal of the curse at all. Rick, you have the amazing ability not to talk. <laughs> well, that would be rude. It's it? probably called listening. I definitely my didn't wife get that says from him. Says not. <laughs> well, I can talk too much usually. No, you're a good listener, though. So, what would you add to that, or well, how I would think you correct your daughter? <laughs> yeah, he, he corrects me on the theology quite often. Really? I yes. Was. Yes, he has no shame in that. There's no shame in Very that. Well, if I ever do, it's, it's gently and for a good purpose. Oh, yeah, it's never like, oh, you're wrong. He's like, well, maybe. I would, I would say that, um, in light of what Anna has said, is that, in this world, as she's talked about, um, there there does have to be good and evil, but that that is by God's design. Um, that, that's hard for most people to to swallow. Um, but if I could sum up, as I have, in other times, um, you know, God God has created all things, and He's allowed for sin, so that. He might provide for redemption in His Son, Jesus Christ, and all that for His glory. And so the allowance of evil and the allowance and the creation of, a, of an angel who would fall and become Satan and be the epitome of evil and, and lead mankind to the sin, all of this is part of God's ultimate purpose and plan, though God's not the author of evil. Um, but God has in mind... Um, displaying his his full character uh, in light of the evil. So, I think you've talked about this before. At least we've talked about it. You know, God God's mercy and God's grace and these attributes of God are you really don't understand that unless evil's in the picture. And and God wishes to you know, glorify Himself in exercising that and, and demonstrating. That. Paul says in Romans 8 that the whole of creation was subjected to futility and that God did this and he did it with purpose and that purpose is you know, redeeming people, call, calling them, uh, justifying them, glorifying them. Uh, so I'm probably No, no, because what I'm talking about here, but, is that in order, like, but in heaven, if there's no sin, you might would say, you know, I know God is loving. But you don't understand the level of love until you right. get forgiveness. But if there's no sin, there's no need for forgiveness. And right. so you kind of have to allow something, you know, for me to express what forgiveness is, somewhere there has to be somebody that needs forgiveness. Right. But the angels didn't get forgiveness. No, but and but the angels the, would, would not... Had this, had God not created the world with this purpose in mind, and the, and the plan of redemption and all, you know, the angels wouldn't know, the angelic beings wouldn't know God in that way either. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why the Scripture says, in part, still they look on all this and they, yeah, and all. they wonder, mm -hmm. you know, they're in all of that. But, but to the issue of Satan, he's he's not, he's God's devil, as someone has said. Mm -hmm. You know, he's. God has has him there for a purpose, and when when we read the book of Job, you know Job's Job never understands why all that happened to him. Um, you know, the bad things that happen to you, that you don't understand, you know why God did this happen to me. But Job never understood the reason behind all of that. 
Job learned a lot about God in the end. Um, but we're, we're introduced to what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's God has this enemy, which is Satan, who is rebelling against God, who wishes to be like God, to place himself above the throne of God, as the scripture tells us. And, um, you know, God was allowing him to do certain things to Job. Job didn't understand any of that. But God was permitting it in order to glorify himself, in order to make his point, in order to prove that, that true and saving faith and trust in him cannot be obliterated mm-hmm. by evil. And um, I mean, that's just a summation sort of of the book of Job, but uh, of that aspect of it. But Satan can't do whatever he wants whenever he wants. He can only do what God permits right. him to do and for God's greater purpose. I've heard Sinclair Ferguson, because you said he's God's devil, what did you say? He's God, you quoted something. I, I said he's God's devil. Someone right. has said that. In Sinclair Ferguson, the same thing. He says um, God uses sin sinlessly. Right. It's like he uses it, but he doesn't, right. you know, good purposes and stuff. It's hard to, it's a difficult... Works all things together. All things yeah. including evil. For the good of those so, Anna, mm-hmm. what about people who say if you have enough faith these bad things won't happen to you? I think that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I think you can have the... Well, let me think about this. It's a lie to think that if you have enough faith, absolutely nothing bad will happen to you. But I also think if you have enough faith, those bad things, you will see them as good. So I guess in a way, if you have enough faith, bad things won't All right. happen. Are there good things and bad things? Yeah. Okay. So faith doesn't, you wouldn't say that faith requires that you call bad things good. Mm. Like, it can be bad. Like, yeah. rape. Yeah, bad. it could be So it's not bad. good that it happened. But somehow, see, this is what you end up dealing with when you're dealing with somebody that's like, especially somebody struggling with their faith or something. It's like, you're telling me that this awful thing that happened to me, if I have enough faith, it still happens, but I need to see it as it was a good thing. I wouldn't say necessarily see that situation as a good thing, but maybe something good could come from it. So maybe that... Say if you wanted to run with the rape situation. That, that that sounds terrible, but that is an awful thing, and I couldn't imagine that happening to me or anyone close to me, and I, you know, would feel incredibly heartbroken to hear that from someone. But if, say, that happened, and that's a terrible, evil thing, and even if they had enough faith, that could still happen to them. Mm-hmm. But that person may be able to take that situation and maybe maybe they start a self-defense business and it takes off and they've saved other people from going through that situation. Or maybe it is they just bring awareness to it so that, you know, so maybe they can turn they this into the something system, good. How they right. deal with it or something. They can change that bad situation. So what about good. justice? Should there be justice for what has happened? And Absolutely. Right, okay. And then will God, is God a just God? Will he will he deal with that? I think a lot of bad things like that happen and justice doesn't get served. 
-hmm. in the court system sometimes. Um, with that particular situation, it has gotten better over the years, but it's not where it needs to be. And I think even if maybe, you know, the legal options, they don't. How about ultimate justice? I think at the end of the day, people know what they've done. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they will get what's coming to them. I mean, I always say... From God? Or from God. I mean, I think... I always say, oh, what goes around comes around, you know? Mm -hmm. And if something, if I've done something terrible, and I don't, you know, repent for it and try to change my ways and to try and fix that issue or, you know, completely leave that person behind and, and just really become a better version of myself... Um, if I don't do those things, at the end of the day, I'm, if I die, yeah, I'm getting, you know, justice will be served at the end of the day by God. And Right, so know. the bad things that happen, so like if there's, a, if evil is done to someone and God is a just and holy God, he will deal with that evil in a way that we can never even imagine, you know, sending yeah. somebody to hell forever as they That's a experience justice or sin. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be a just sentence unless God decides to show grace to a person where he'll change their heart. But that sin will still be dealt with on Jesus Christ. So God will, I think, when bad things happen to people, especially when somebody sins against you, to recognize that God hates that too. God will deal with this. And then to know that there's also grace for people who repent of sin and who God changes and then for the person that sinned against to be able to know, like you're talking about, God can take this hard thing in your life, and as long as you don't grow hard in your resentment and your hatred and your bitterness towards it, and you recognize that God will be with it, mm -hmm. then he can take your pain and he can take all this awful experience and help you know a good direction to take this and do the stuff like you're talking about. And I think, I think a lot of people... I think everyone struggles with this, but I think, like, a lot of people my age struggle with this, is I can't change what's happened. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I always say this. It is what it is. It just, it's happened. It's done. I cannot change what's happened. But I can change how I react to it. I can change, you know, how I move forward from that. I can change what I get from it. I can decide, am I going to be really upset about this, or am I going to be like, you know what, it happened, it's fine, I'm learn from it, move on. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, and I personally struggle with that it is, oh, but yeah, I've gotten everybody. better. I've gotten a little better, I will mm -hmm. say. Um, yeah, I'm throwing that on the bus, but like, <laughs> the other day, uh, love you, but the other day, <laughs> um, I was parked out in the garage, and um, Dad barely bumped into my car, you know, so there's a little scratch. Not a big deal. I could have going off the handle, I could have gotten super upset, I could have gotten mad, but it's a small scratch. It is what it is. My car is drivable. Did he then wash it and make a car payment for you? He did not. <laughs> All right. Um, Cody, if you're listening, you did a great job on my bumper. <laughs> um, you can fix my scratch. No. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Because she lives here rent-free, so. I live here rent-free, oh. so I'm not going to get mad. <laughs> no. Um, it's not, you know, it's just, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Spill some sweet tea, it's just sweet tea. Mm. It is not a big deal, you Clean it up. Because you you're a waitress. Because I'm a waitress. That's No, I'm sorry. Enough. That is not the political... Server, I guess. I Server. Know. I don't care what you were on your hands and knees cleaning Literally. up spilt tea off, of off this 11-year-old girl's 
million dollar shoes. <laughs> Maybe not a million, but they were they were some pricey tennis shoes. Yeah. Um, but, but you did get a bigger tip. I did get a bigger tip because of it, so it worked out. But so you're you know, saying though you've learned to not you turn the other cheek. Do it. You turn the other cheek with oh, this yeah, thing. You didn't. With is. your dad, you were able to say, "All right, no need to focus on the bad. Let me move forward." It is. All right. We'll get it fixed. Something good will come of it. I'm sure of it. Or nothing will come out of it, and I just have a newly painted car, which oh, is better than nice. my oldly painted car. Or maybe car. you <laughs> even learned to how to deal. You know, you got a little stronger with dealing with exactly. hard stuff. Maybe you know? nothing, you know, comes out of it in the situation of like, oh, I got a car payment out of it. You know, not All something right. like that, but maybe you just learn like. Sometimes there's small you situations. Which is fine. Cool thing to talk about. Um, but you know, it's like from now on, if you learn that little piece, it's like, yeah, okay, I could have gotten that, but I didn't. And I should react that way more often. I have a really bad habit of biting my tongue and just thinking it is what it is while I'm at work and then I come home and I'm Oh, I can't believe it. Da, 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 da. And mom and dad are like, Anna, it's fine. Just leave it at the door. When you come home, you don't have to bring the baggage with you. You can leave it at the, you know, baggage lot or whatever it's called. You don't have to bring That's it hard to do because you do end up. But, so what would you read your advice or counsel for somebody who's had something evil happen to them and they have to figure out how to move forward? How does somebody move forward if they're a believer? Very horrific situations. Well, I mean, you know, I hate that something bad. Yeah, yeah, something that's you know. Yeah, I use minor situations. Oh, well, that's better. Part. Yeah, I always go too far. I go minor. <laughs> <laughs> Make it easy. Well, I mean, you know, every believer. You're speaking about believers. We have to learn if we don't know already, um, and. And we're just constantly reminded by the things, the difficulties we face in life, the sufferings we experience to whatever degree they are. Um, we have to understand that God is sovereign and that, that whatever happens to us, whether it's horrific or something more mundane, everyday type of difficulty, um, we have to understand that God did permit that for a reason uh, in his overall purpose and plan. If, if it did not fit in that overall purpose and plan, it wouldn't have happened. He would have intervened to stop that. But nonetheless, in a fallen world, there's, you know, there's natural evil, there's moral evil. We're going to encounter that. And um, But my counsel to someone would be, you know, you just have, even though you may not understand the reason, you have to accept that, that sovereignty of God. And that's not a, I don't think that's a, you know, just a short, the answer that's that's a, one of the most comforting things in the world to to any believer who understands that, that God is in control ultimately of all it's not without purpose right it's not without purpose and and he you know said so while we may not know that that if someone loses their child let's say um, you know and they come to me and say ask why why did God allow that to happen I mean I can honestly say to them I don't know the exact reason mm -hmm. or the m multiple reasons that may be behind that one incident as tragic as that is you know but we don't have to know a reason 
other than it fit God's overall purpose, and ultimately that will result in His glory. And it's how we respond to that um, in faith. And um, you know, because what we want to do is fix stuff. Like I want to yeah. make you. It's like you're like I know this happened, but let me tell you why it happened. Let me tell you how you're supposed to deal with it. Let me tell you, you know, how we move forward. But the other compassionate side of us too right. would be. And I know you agree with this too. Is just to kind of change it in this direction. Is also that God also hates what happens. Yes. God does not end like death. He brought up you know death of child. Death is the last enemy to be destroyed. Death is what right. Jesus came to to stop. You know this sort of the things that happen, moral evil, even natural evil that happens. That is that's brought into the sin this world because of sin and, right. and and decay. But Jesus has come entered into that. The Holy Spirit has compassion with it. So, you know, I've lost my child. The other thing, too, is, like, not just there's purpose, but that God, I hate you, the Quentin thing, feels your pain. You know, he mourns with you through this. This isn't yes, something, even God doesn't say, hey, you know what? You need to just chill out because I've got a good purpose for it. You know, it's not no, that. No, it's, absolutely not. Right. Well, the, the Lord Jesus, I mean, he, he visibly um, entered into the, the, the emotion Mm-hmm. Of the things that people around him were experiencing, the Psalms and, go yeah, through all oh, that. Exactly, yeah. the whole whole gamut of emotion there, and you know, and I mean, we cry the, with those who cry and right. laugh with those who laugh. Right. Yeah, so it comes. To and I know you, you know, the other bad thing about asking a question, with, and it's not the person sitting here actually dealing with it is, I know you don't go to a funeral and stand up in there and say. Hey, I know this guy died, but you know there's purpose in it. You guys need to stop yeah. crying and let's get over. You know, you come. There's stages of how do you deal. There's right. levels of thought that go through right. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm, it's that comforting. How do you comfort the person? That's what I should have asked. Because well, I asked you how do you fix it. Well, but how do you comfort the person? I well, I'll be speaking at a, a funeral on um, Sunday, and um, you know, I'm going to comfort them with God's word. I, I don't. I won't be delivering the message, but I'll be reading some scripture and offering a few words. And I, I don't intend to explain to them why. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just I, I'm going to offer them the comfort of God's word, and that you know, this is what God says um, by way of comfort to you in this situation. So, what is the comfort? Well, it's that for this person, uh, a professing Christian, and um, you know that your faith in their faith in Christ, that ultimately, as you said a while ago, death is you know, is the last enemy uh, that God will conquer and um, on our behalf. And he's done that through Christ. And ultimately, there's a resurrection. And there's a fullness of eternal life and resurrection glory, you know. And that, the person who is in Christ, enters into that immediately upon death. Um, you know, so there's great comfort for that to those who are left behind in regard to their their love and feelings for those, the person that's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's comfort in sharing the gospel, however brief you might, briefly, it might have to be shared uh, in whatever situation. But sharing that with them, you know, you can, if if you are not a believer, you know, you you can be, you can repent of your sin, you can believe this good news of Christ, and and that death can be overcome and is overcome uh, by God's design. It's his, it's his ultimate purpose in allowing all of this, going back to the original question, I guess, but, you know, I mean, I, 
I comfort them with God's word, especially if that person is a, a professing believer and it's died. Um, it's harder, I think, we're talking about children. Um, it's harder to uh, you know, comfort a parent who's lost a small child or someone who's not been able to not been able to see um, you know any type of expression of faith. But that's a whole other issue. I see years ago how many children died. You know, in, sure. in this, how that changed parents. You know, just well, to me, there's great comfort, you know, in the loss of a of a small one mm-hmm. for parents. That's that's hard to convey, and when they're mourning that yeah. loss initially, I think. But and that's why, really, you just come alongside people. Yeah, you know, you it's do. just like yeah. how do you? There's no answers. There's yeah. no and people just, don't want to hear an answer anyway. They just want to know. Empathize and sympathize yeah, with them, and try yeah. to. And that's I'd why probably with the least words possible, try to comfort yeah. them. I would say Job's say friends had just yeah. shut up. They'd right. have been awesome. I and, think too. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, no. but I think too. Um, I think like time with people. Like people mm-hmm. don't want to hear what you have to say in mm-hmm. a moment. Like I'm upset. Right. Don't talk to me. Uh, you know, just listen to me. Be upset sometimes. You know, and I can do that way sometimes. But I'm I'm genuinely upset about something. You're trying to give me answers. I'm like. I don't want to give me 20 minutes and maybe we can talk. Give me a week and maybe we can talk. But I think it's important to let people know, like, you're feeling these emotions. They're justified emotions. You're upset. You're sad because this bad thing has happened. And that's okay. You can. It's not bad that you're feeling those emotions. Don't apologize for feeling upset. You're going through this for a reason. And then take your time, you know, a few days, check in on them and, Make sure they're still doing, you know, what do you need me to do to help you? Show them, you know, kindness and, you know, that you're willing to help and they're more willing to open up and then really listen to, and that's for any situation, whether it's been a bad thing that's happened to them or maybe, you know, they're struggling with their faith or, you know, whatever. It's important to just be patient with people and just listen to why they're upset and just understand that you're upset because of X, Y, Z. Wait a little while. Well, she and explains that them. much better. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm trying to. Come Which is from rare. A, I don't usually. <laughs> more of, a, I guess, a theological angle, but that's very practical. Oh, she's think, saying the same thing you're yeah. saying, though. I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting. And I just keep thinking, because you didn't share the story, but the the family you had at the table mm-hmm. that was, and they, the girl spilled the tea, and the father said, What? Because it's a perfect line. <laughs> He's like, Are you kidding me <laughs> just the delivery of it are you kidding me and it was just a matter of i guess just being very calm in the situation i think you have to read the situation he was upset and you know sticky sweet tea everywhere on a new phone in public shoes in public it's not great it's not an ideal situation and we just opened the restaurant it's just open up you know and the funny thing is I mean, about an hour or so before someone else had spilled in that same mm. seat people have forgotten how to how to act in public, I guess. I don't know. No, but... Um, but you picked up her phone first. Yeah. That's the way you were... Yeah, I picked up the phone first. Because it got tea be- on it. It got tea on it. And you recognized. Phone. And I was like, that's, that's- if anything, that's going to be the thing that he is most upset about. <laughs> that's funny. So I picked that yeah. up, cleaned it, and my whole thing was just talking through it, you know? Talking through the situation. Oh, let me let me wipe this off first. It's probably most important, you know? Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have the same phone. You know what? It'll be just fine. I've dropped it in worse. Be fine. Be okay. Oh, you got a little tea on your shoes. Mm. Don't worry 
on your hands and knees, as you tell it. I, would I really was on my hands and knees, but that's because... Because <laughs> the first thing you told me about this girl, you were, just, you were describing the girl, and you said what kind of shoes she had. And my thought was, wow, you're mighty observant, but you well, were on your hands and knees too, cleaning tea off her shoe. You yeah. recognized... What kind of shoe was it? They were Yeezys, so they were um, like Kanye West tennis shoes. And they're, you know... And that's a I good think the thing. ones she had were probably 200 and something. What are they, Kanye West tennis shoes? He has he, his own he has shoe? His own brand, so... Yeah, he has Kanye, like, is that the one that's a Christian now? Apparently. Okay. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I I'm not going to dog anyone. Well, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. But anyway, podcast. I just, as you were talking about everything, I just pictured that. I mean, it was your job, but you didn't have to do that. But you entered into someone's suffering. And Very mild. Yeah. Very but mild, sweet I don't sorry. know, man. I'll tell you what. I remember, spill, I remember when I was a little spilling tea. At the table, mm -hmm. and it's stuck, you know. Yeah. And then, and I know there are some parents who freak out over stuff like that. It's a deal, yeah, and yeah. you don't know what. I mean, that was good. So what you did was you entered into their suffering. You didn't just tell them y'all need to not worry about this. You actually started helping. And I was and wrapping this up because our time's up. But it's the Bible says talking about the church that the world will know us by the way we love one another. Mm -hmm. And I think about that a lot, like when we're at church. Are we loving each other well? Are we loving each other? It's like, well, kind of. No, I don't know. But when something happens and everybody kind of comes together, that's when I hear people tell me that's when the church made a difference. That's when they recognize how much they love the church. And I think that's when we love each other in suffering, mm -hmm. that that's how people know you. Like, the church should be like you were, you know, trying to, now I'm out there yelling at you for, um, you know, you actually got in there in the midst of it and started helping clean it up and trying to be a calming voice. And that goes a long way and stuff, too. I think that's what you're good at, right? You have a calming demeanor and voice. I'm more like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go off too much. You're, you listen, you spoke, you know, and you get, so, you know, everybody has their their gifts from God. So that's been good. You've been very helpful to me. I appreciate, I've needed that in my life, so I appreciate that. I've never perceived myself as a calming voice. Um, <laughs> here's a practice of three very loud children. Okay. I would probably say. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, and I think, um, too, I think part of it is like learning. I always say this. I am lazy, so I like to learn from other people's mistakes because I don't like to make them myself. All right. Well, that's smart. I'm too lazy to <laughs> do it. Or suffer the consequences. Or suffer the that's consequences. Right. Um, and so sometimes that one thing that happened to another person, well, mm -hmm. That's something good because I saw that, and now I'm not gonna. Do yeah, that's that. true. You know, it could be a, such a small thing like that. Or you could help someone else. Or yeah. I could help someone else. Yeah, and you're else. talking about people who've lost children. A lot of times, they're the ones who really help people who've lost children too. Right. You know, you're able to. And it could be something like they've lost that child, but maybe they've decided to adopt someone else from you know mm. in the area that maybe not have you know the money or the you know maybe not able to take care of their own child. So, mm. you know, it may be something like that, and they've made a big difference in that child's life. Right. Or maybe they, you know, ran some kind of church camp or something like that, that they've mm -hmm. really made a difference or helped other mothers and fathers go through that bad situation. The, deep, so. the deeper the suffering, you know, the loss and the difficulty, I think, once someone, um, in particular a Christian, who comes out the other side of that, you know, they're, they're very aware of how deep suffering can be. Mm. And so they're, I think, for a Christian who 
who has learned lessons in those times, you know, they, they can look at even much less suffering and still still find sympathy and empathy or have that for, for others and, 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 and they, they better know how to come alongside of them and, mm-hmm. you know, offer comfort, um, whether it's just by being there or yeah. doing something or just, what you're just saying, responding to a situation right. like Anna's talking about. In a, and the perfecting of our faith. You know, so I mean, that's all it messes with your faith. You know, you can have faith until something bad happens, and it's like, wait a minute, and then you go deeper with God. And most people, if they're strong Christians, I mean, you go through hardship and you come out the other side stronger. You know, there'll be a scar and it hurts, but your faith has been deepened. You know, if you if you go through God with it. Well, thank y'all very much for doing this. (laughs) And it's good having y'all in our church. It's been a blessing. So. And I hope you get out of the service industry so that they don't make you work on Sundays. That would be great. I'm off this Sunday, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So you you can socially distance yourself. Socially distance, yeah. That's good. All right. I'll have to stay. Well, thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. That's it.